it's very much better for people to say, I get what digital transformation is because I know some examples of it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Investing City podcast, where the goal is to get better at investing, business, and life. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It really means a lot. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. The following is presented for informational purposes only and is not investment advice. This information must not be relied upon in making any investment decision. Investing City cannot be held responsible for any type of loss incurred by applying any of the information presented. Furthermore, securities discussed in this podcast may be held by Investing City and members thereof. Thank you. On this episode of the Investing City podcast, we talk with Bert Hockfeld for the second time. So this is an in-depth look at the IT space, which Bert is an expert on. And we talk about a lot of names because a lot of the companies that our members' portfolios are in are kind of similar. So this is a really exciting conversation because we get to talk stocks and trends for the future. So enjoy this part two with Bert Hockfeld. So on today's episode of the Investing City podcast, we are really happy to have Bert Hockfield back on the podcast. And this is the second time we've had a repeat guest. And so we really highly value them. And we just want to say thanks again for coming on, Bert. And thank you for having me, uh, Ryan. I, I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to t- uh, talk to your audience. Well, great. So last episode, we talked a lot about the individual pieces of your process, and we'll link to that in the show notes. But for this one, Let's just start off by talking a little bit about digital transformation and just some of your thoughts on the IT space as of this moment in time. The IT space is awfully healthy. Uh, I mean, uh, you may have seen a survey. I, I don't necessarily view all surveys as being uh, of huge value to investors, uh, but I, and of course I, I, I'm the same as anybody else. Uh, I, I love to see confirmation bias, but uh, today uh, Wells Fargo was out with a study in which they said they expect to see uh, software spending rise at more than 10% a year for the next uh, two to four years. Uh, that's a heck of a growth rate for a space that's this large. So one of the things you might want to ask is why is that happening? And the simple answer is that digital transformation has upped the ROI of software spending by a rather significant amount. And basically, uh, for the first time, I would say in about 25 years, investing in software is leading to faster revenue growth by the people who uh, differentiate their 
the, the customers who differentiate their strategy that way. And it's also um, leading to competitive advantage. And finally, at some level, uh, it, it's uh, uh, becoming uh, a compliance requirement in the sense that people, uh, many, many, many users nowadays just won't do business any other way uh, but digital. They, they don't want to. They don't want to deal with uh, uh, horse and buggy uh, type uh, e-commerce. It's only digital. And you can understand that. Basically, why would a millennial want to buy insurance using a broker, filling out voluminous forms, and still not have the ability to comparison shop when by going to a digital application, he or she can <clears throat> uh, compare uh, plans, compare coverage, and compare cost. <clears throat> and so companies that offer that, uh, Guidewire happens to be the leader in the space, uh, are, are seeing growth rates that they themselves have been unable to project, uh, and they see 25 to 30% growth because uh, property and casualty insurers will go out of business if they don't uh, uh, use digital transformation. Uh, I, I can obviously, almost every kind of financial service that you can imagine is available digitally one way or the other. Your bank is behindhand in offering you digital solutions. You can change banks. And you know it's a lot easier to change banks. You can open a bank account digitally nowadays. Uh, there, I mean, uh, most people know about DocuSign. You can uh, do uh, fulfill all the... Uh, contractual arrangements digitally using DocuSign. So it's just been a, a, a moonshot and it continues to be because I would venture to say that digital transformation is five or 10% complete. Uh, and uh, you, you see companies like Pega, for example, that has existed for many years and Pegasus always had a neat solution, but all of a sudden, the kind of clients that it uh, typically wants to sell to have much more urgent requirements for digital transformation. Pega happens to have a, a low-code uh, uh, option, so it's much easier to take the Pegasus software and customize your uh, uh, customer relationship management uh, 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 offering by using what Pega has. Uh, guess what? The, I mean, the stock has spoken for itself, and the reason is because the growth rate and the profitability uh, have have risen because uh, digital transformation 
is putting an afterburner on demand for, for software. The, there's a, a saying, you may have heard it, Ryan. Uh, anybody in, in my, my uh, world has heard it. I don't like it, but uh, software rules the world. And these days, that's more true than uh, uh, some kind of obnoxious can't. Uh, if you don't, if you don't buy software as a as a and use it as a competitive tool, you're going to be left in the dust. That's just a fact. Yeah, and one specific kind of subsector of software that is growing really quickly is cybersecurity. And there's been some IPOs in this space over the past couple of years. So just talk to us a little bit about what you think about cybersecurity and kind of the value prop within the overall software space. Unfortunately, the bad guys keep getting better and they keep getting more evil. And particularly as more and more commerce migrates to the cloud, uh, and we all know that it is, uh, the requirement for cybersecurity, both in terms of networking and at endpoint, is, uh, continues to escalate. Uh, many people <clears throat> these days won't do business with companies that are not protecting their data, okay? Uh, and they don't. There's been a major sea change. Uh, there, there, let me see if I can answer, uh, uh, illustrate this properly. So, um, there are two kinds of security. Uh, there are many kinds of security, but there are two major kinds. One has to do with network security. Historically, people have bought firewalls. That, that's basically the way I'd say 98% of uh, network security is administered uh, around the world. Leading firewall vendor for some years has been Palo Alto. About a year ago, Zscaler uh, did its IPO. Zscaler does not do security the same way with moats and castles that has existed heretofore. What they basically do is they've con uh, constructed their own network of several hundred uh, uh, data centers, and you, as a user, uh, uh, pour, pour your data through their network. Uh, it's zero trust. All your data, not a subset of your data, not uh, one kind of data, all your data goes through the ZS, uh, uh, what they call Z, the ZIA uh, security uh, network. And there are two things. One is it's far more flexible. If you have to buy an appliance, which is the old way, uh, and you have to deploy the uh, appliance and populate it with software, every time you change your network, and believe me, you change your network all the time, is a pain in the neck. 
So what you really want to do is virtualize your network using ZS or, or whoever else you might choose, but virtualize your network. And then uh, it's a very uh, simple task to, uh, uh, it's, all so it's all done in software, it's all virtualized. So it's very easy to change your network configuration. Uh, there are people who have been quoted as saying that they'd rather kill themselves than uh, uh, have to administer uh, network security using uh, uh, firewalls. And you have nobody, nobody has a, 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 a configuration that's all the same. Your firewall consists of stuff from Palo Alto, from Checkpoint, from God knows, uh, from uh, uh, all, uh, all the different vendors uh, have sold to somebody in your organization and they all have to talk to each other and that's very, very unpleasant to try to make that happen. So, that, so that's one thing. But the other thing, which is uh, scalability, it's very hard to scale a disparate network. ZS, you can scale the network. As far as you're concerned, the network is, it has got infinite capacity because it's virtual. And so people can deploy a network that's secure and you don't have to worry about uh, uh, connecting this firewall to that firewall to that firewall. If you've ever seen some of these uh, 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 diagrams of how security exists currently, you can get some kind of feeling for why uh, a Zscaler uh, uh, has seen such growth in demand and will probably continue to see uh, growth in demand. Whether it's 45% or 50% or 38% in a given quarter has a lot to do with sales execution. And like many companies of its kind, uh, sales execution has been uneven because you don't have uh, sales professionals. So in the last couple of quarters, uh, ZS had, uh, has had to step back and get a new chief revenue officer and uh, improve the sales process. And in that time, its growth has been only 48%. That's not terrible, but um, there are people who get concerned about that. Now, let me turn to the other kind of security. That's called endpoint security, okay? So your PC uh, is an endpoint. Your, your laptop is an endpoint. And they get infected, okay? People send uh, malware uh, over your network and disable the they they disable uh, disable the uh, 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 you know you have uh, have things like WannaCry and other things of that nature uh, viruses. Unfortunately, the antivirus software that has existed up till now has 
not really been 100% effective, which is why uh, people have been uh, diligently uh, trying to uh, uh, replace it with more uh, effective technology. The leader in that process is a company called CrowdStrike. Uh, I will. I, I wrote an article for Seeking Alpha fairly recently. Uh, I got over 200 comments on it because there are some people who persist in refusing to understand what a paradigm shift is. CrowdStrike does not do antivirus the same. It's not an antivirus. What it does do is it uses uh, artificial intelligence and deep learning to figure out when there are anomalies, what, where the anomalies are stemming from, and how to do something about those anomalies before they infect uh, uh, endpoints. Very effective. I would say that Gartner uh, and Forrester are giddy with their reviews of what CrowdStrike can do for an enterprise. Again, one of the biggest things when you're doing, when you don't have, uh, have uh, uh, hardware and you don't have anything on premise, and it's all based on statistical analysis that you are uh, able to implement, you can deploy a 100,000 seat uh, installation uh, over a weekend. If you try doing that using antivirus, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll get a lot of gray hair and you won't get a lot of results. There's a reason why CrowdStrike is growing at a 98% rate, and that is because one, people cannot afford to have not as good security as their competitors, and two, they can't afford trying to manage. One of the things you'll find if you actually dig into this stuff is the worst thing you have to deal with is the false positives. So sometimes the technology that exists will tell you you have a breach when you don't have a breach and you can spend days trying to figure that out and destroy the productivity of your network uh, during that time. If you're using, I'm going to call it statistical analysis for want of a, an easier way, but um, I guess what I'm saying is that uh, uh, I think that uh, uh, CrowdStrike and Zscaler particularly, but there are other companies that uh, uh, I could could mention as well. Rapid7, for example, uh, have replaced historical ways of doing things in the cybersecurity space with uh, uh, technology that's been built for the cloud, that's been built for very large networks, that's been built for uh, remediation and uh, 
the users find it to be very uh, 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 the users find it to uh, create a very high return on investment simply because they can get rid of the false positives and it's much easier uh, to manage networks uh, using this new technology than it was uh, heretofore. Yeah, that's a really great overview of cybersecurity. And I want to talk a little bit about your thoughts on portfolio management, maybe even using CrowdStrike and Zscaler as an example, because we have CrowdStrike's growing 98%, Zscaler is growing 48%. And then there's, of course, different margin profiles, different valuations, um, even different total addressable markets within endpoint and network. So what is your process for kind of figuring out how much of each company you should allocate your portfolio dollars to? Just take us and walk us through that a little bit. Well, let me say that it's not entirely uh, scientific, Brian. If, uh, you know, uh, uh, I wish I could tell you that uh, there's a cookbook and, you know, you put in a little teaspoon of salt and a a tablespoon of of, uh, of oregano or whatever. I don't do that. I do offer my subscribers portfolio consultation. When I do that, I try to start with uh, equal weightings. Uh, A lot of times people are gonna ask you, uh, which one do you have more conviction about? My usual response is to ask, which of your children do you love more? Uh, My process involves looking at EV to sales, looking at uh, Uh, free cash flow margin to growth rate and using proxy values for things like moat and uh, 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 technology excitement uh, and uh, space. But I usually start with EV to S and I relate that to the growth rate so I can readily see uh, I, I, I use a standard best fit, uh, best fit uh, uh, regression analysis. I have a line. So I look at the line and you're either above it or you're below it. If you're below it, that makes you investable. And if you're above it, there better be a reason. So, for example, uh, Viva. Uh, and Atlassian are way above the line. I happen to own Atlassian in my model portfolio. Why? Well, Atlassian has 35% free cash flow margin and it goes up every year. So the fact that I'm having to pay an EV to S uh, ratio that's above, above average is because the Atlassian uh, business model is significantly more profitable and will remain so for the foreseeable future. They, they um, it's a viral sale. Uh, they don't, they don't, 
They spend less than 20% of their revenue on sales and marketing. They don't have a, a real sales force. Uh, they don't have an enterprise sales force. The people sell themselves uh, on what's called Gyra and all the different implementations of Gyra. So uh, my process uh, also involves trying to figure out uh, who's got the most disruptive technology. I, I just went through speaking about that with regards to uh, ZS and uh, CrowdStrike. Uh, and so uh, they, they've, one of the things that I tell people they need to figure out is uh, who is disrupting uh, different spaces. I, I know that's a subjective thing. And a lot of people are uncomfortable trying to make that call. Uh, I've had some experience. I don't want to click. I use Gartner. I use uh, Forrester. Uh, and I use some of the other uh, free analysis that you can find on the web. You can find a lot of good information on Quora, where you have, uh, sometimes anyway, real users who uh, uh, will, will share uh, why one product or the other has changed their lives. So that is, is that a, a replicable process? Not entirely. I mean, if it were, uh, I wouldn't be able to get any subscribers to my service, but uh, that, that would be bad. Uh, but um, I like to think that starting off and using EV to S to growth rate and looking at free cash flow uh, to growth rate are, are basic building blocks of how you ought to do this analysis. The other thing I'll tell you is don't look back. I, I had an amazing amount of commentary about my CrowdStrike article and part of it was because people persisted in looking back and not forward. I really don't need to know what CrowdStrike's historic EV to S was when it's growing at 100% a year. I mean, uh, I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get very invalid results. Uh, I don't suggest that I think CrowdStrike will grow at 100% a year indefinitely. But I, just as an example, use 50% uh, three-year growth rate forward in my analysis. Must use forward. Yes, again, that leaves you open to some aspersion that you're guessing, but I guess we're all guessing <clears throat> when it comes to selecting uh, stocks. So uh, I think that what I'm saying is start with the two basic building blocks and try to construct your own thoughts on how fast uh, uh, you're gonna see uh, a, a regression to the mean in growth rate. You will 
need to make some assumptions, but you always will. So that that that's that's what I try to do. Yeah, that's helpful. So another interesting thing I think is just valuations in general. I think a couple of years ago, people didn't understand maybe the economics of software companies. But as we saw last year, I mean, CrowdStrike, Zoom, Datadog, they, the IPOs, they went out at huge valuations. So it kind of seemed like people started to understand the economics a little bit better. So what are your thoughts about valuations in general? Because I think obviously it's really helpful to compare valuations to um, just kind of compare companies by EV to S or whatever. But what are your thoughts about valuation just kind of as a whole? Well, I think there are several uh, things. One of of the things that I say, and you mentioned uh, a few names, CrowdStrike actually uh, was free cash flow uh, uh, free cash flow positive last quarter, which was an absolute shocker. Nobody thought that could happen for at least two more years, and I don't think the people who run CrowdStrike thought it could happen for two more years. Uh, Zoom is free cash flow positive. Datadog is free cash flow positive already. Uh, so, uh, I guess what I'm telling you is that, uh, um, the, uh, uh, valuations may seem enormous, but you, you do have to look at that second chart that I have, which is, uh, uh, uh free cash flow uh, uh, margin related to growth. So that's one thing. I. I just told you at the top of the interview that the latest surveys are talking about that growth rates for software companies, for for the software industry, are going to be higher. Um, The specific metric that Wells Fargo says is two and a half times the growth rate for IT spending. So people are reflecting that. I mean, people people buy software for one reason and uh, only, and that's to based on its ROI. However, you express it, whether it's uh, relieving a pain point, whether it's uh, because of compliance, whether because it's to get a competitive advantage, so you buy software. So. I have said to my subscribers, uh, probably to the state of boredom, that the reason that these companies have sustained high valuation is because as opposed to five years ago, the ROI is higher, the growth rate is higher for longer, and so you're really not... uh, 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 seeing valuations expand so much as you're seeing uh, folks uh, uh, realize that uh, software specifically is a good uh, area of the world in which to invest because 
it's creating returns for the people who buy it. And I think as long as that exists, you're going to see software companies uh, outgrow expectations. I don't, I'll give you an example, and I don't own it, but I came on the scene a few years ago with Viva, and at the time, Viva said that they, that they would give you guidance of high teens, just less than 20% growth. It never happened, never happened. They grew quarter after quarter, year after year, at 26 through 27 percent that's that's a big difference uh as over, over three years it's an amazing uh difference uh the fact is that uh the 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 product that's uh uh pushing growth these days vault is uh uh something in the healthcare space that makes it easier for uh, drug developers to uh, monitor and control the development process. Needless to say, uh, almost anybody who is developing a drug uh, finds the ROI of Vault to be way higher than they thought they could uh, achieve. And so, it's been uh, a good ride on Viva. Uh, uh, not, uh, and I'll say right now, it's not one I've been on all the time. I should have been, but even I sometimes think, gee, how can they uh, keep growing at twenty-seven percent at a billion-dollar uh, uh, rate? And that's another company that spends relatively less on sales and marketing, so it's very profitable is very high free cash flow margin. You are not likely to see any, uh, yes, it's true that 10 years ago that EV to sales in double digits were unheard of. But it's also fair to say that you have a company like Splunk. Splunk, nobody, nobody forecast that Splunk would be able to grow at $2 billion at 34%. And that's happening because that that happens to be a cybersecurity company, uh, a log analysis company, SEAM it's called. Uh, But uh, the growth rates are very much higher today than they were uh, five or seven years ago. I mean, uh, ServiceNow, uh, nobody thought ServiceNow could continue to, to grow at 30%. There are, there are companies where the growth rates calm down. Uh, Salesforce happens to be one of them. But uh, uh, the overall industry is just showing uh, higher growth than anybody, uh, myself included, would have thought could have been the case uh, five years ago. And so the valuation that looks stretched, well, it's not really, I mean, Datadog had what, I think uh, 130% increase in bookings last quarter. Uh, No, that was not expected. Uh, (laughs) 
or anything like that. Uh, but uh, what they offer people is uh, something that is uh, very desirable, and they were able to do that without the most sophisticated sales and marketing. Most of what Datadog has to sell is sold by word of mouth as it happens. Uh, I, in other words, I'm telling what I'm suggesting is people find it very profitable to buy Datadoc. Uh, not, not the stock or, or maybe the stock, but uh, they find very profitable to buy Datadog uh, 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 solutions because they can, uh, it's, it's sort of a, a, it happens to be a three trick pony that you can install yourself. So this, the, the, these are the kinds of things that have created the valuation environment in which we live today. Yeah, that's a great backdrop. And going back to the last question, you're mentioning that a big part of your process is looking and finding the disruptive companies and technologies that you're really excited about. So I know we've talked a lot of names, but are there any other technologies and companies that you've been really excited about lately? Well, for uh, yes, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I've recommended Fastly to our subscribers i think that's a most everybody uh that i know uh, uh streams uh something these days okay entertainment uh they i mean akamai is a large company because uh, uh of the streaming uh industry but the way akamai does it is really not efficient and as the desire to speed up response time uh, has uh, accelerated uh, fastly, uh, is a company that is on the forefront of what is called edge computing. And edge compute. Uh, let me just back up a second. There's a statistic that says if it takes you more than two seconds to get a response after you get on uh, a website, it 50% of the people uh, will leave. I don't know if that's true, uh, but that's the, uh, that's the thought process is two seconds, 50% leave. Well, if you're uh, running different kinds of websites, the odds are, that you're running into traffic problems. Uh, and so Fastly has a, if you go to the, the edge and you do your computing at the edge as opposed to uh, uh, over a network, you are likely to improve your uh, uh, response time they say by a factor of a hundred. I, I mean, I I have no way of validating that, but uh, uh, that's what they say is their uh, typical uh, installation. That's been an interesting uh, name uh, 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 for me. 
so um, I, I'm working on a company at the moment called Lavongo Health. I uh, uh, there there are many companies that I uh, uh, you know will continue to uh, talk about uh, Anaplan, Alterix uh, are companies that are uh, doing something very exciting in the analytics space, in the planning space. Uh, Alterix actually is one of those companies where you couldn't believe the uh, growth rate last quarter because it was 65%. I think it was supposed to be 40. And uh, so that's been happening. Uh, there, uh, um, uh, there, there are many companies that are uh, in the midst of, uh, I've mentioned DocuSign. I, I, I think DocuSign's, uh, people think of it as an e-signature. Uh, solution. What it really is these days uh, is an online uh, platform that helps you uh, in uh, uh, helps you uh, finish uh, contracts uh, uh, very rapidly. Uh, those are just a few that I would mention. Yeah, so I'm definitely a big fan of Alteryx, and interesting that you mentioned Lavongo. Um, yeah, it's a company that I've looked at, and just what are some brief thoughts that you have on that company? Well, I, I mean, I, I happen to be one of their uh, target users, so to speak. Unfortunately, I suffer from diabetes, and I suffer from hypertension. And I mean, we all know, I'll tell you right now, that when I see a piece of uh, uh, chocolate mousse cake, uh, it's hard to avoid. And uh, I don't exercise the way I should. And uh, the technology that now exists uh, using uh, both devices and uh, artificial intelligence to get proactive nudges is one that apparently has uh, achieved some level of success. Uh, not not with me. Uh, I I I, uh, I had an apple turnover today. I was bad, but I mean, uh, you know, I automating the health system any way you can is likely to have uh, positive results. And so I am interested in Livongo because I think that uh, the uh, inability just using traditional uh, uh, the traditional doctor patient or uh, uh, patient uh, 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 nurse practitioner paradigm doesn't work. You go to their office once every six or nine months, they scream at you, you're overweight, 
They scream at you that you're not exercising, that you don't get enough sleep. And you say, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you go away, and within three or four days, you're done. Okay? And it doesn't work. I, I, I'm a living example of it. I, I know. Uh, I'll go to the doctor, and he or she will scream at me for all my misdeeds, and I'll say, oh, I'll get better. And for at least two days, I'll, I'll, I'll stick to that. So I know what Lumongo is about. I haven't used it, but I know what, why, why it, it improves results for, for, for people. They, a lot of us, we get you know, different things that uh, are, are wrong with us, and I don't want to go to the doctor. I can't, I can't afford to take the time, and I, it'll go away. It'll get better or whatever. So I, for me, for me anyway, this is a very uh, uh, close to home. Uh, 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 I can see what, what it's all about, if you know what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. Yeah, super helpful. Um, hey, Bert, we don't want to take up too much. You don't have any of these problems. <laughs> Different life stages. <laughs> What? Said so different life stages. Yeah, I mean, I know exactly where where the, where Levanco is coming from because I've been there and done that. Okay, I should have mentioned Smartsheet. Okay, the the next uh, evolution uh, of Excel. Uh, that uh, that's an amazing uh, technology in the sense that if you've ever wanted to share your Excel spreadsheet around and you found that it was very difficult and not very uh, effective, uh, then Smartsheet is gradually becoming the uh, technology and uh, gradually, it's another one that's growing at 52%. So, you know, I, I shouldn't say gradually, but it, it's, uh, uh, it's changing the way people in, in large organizations work. I, if, I, if I worked in a large organization, in the small organization I work with, I, I, uh, I uh, refuse to be without it. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so thanks for all those examples. And we don't want to take up too much of your time, but just one more question for you. So if somebody was trying to wrap their hands around the IT space, what are a few tips that you would give them to understand the space a little bit better? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, I would say that it's important uh, to uh, try to understand what try to wrap your your hands around digital transformation try to if you work for a large company ask you probably have a digital transformation officer what's he doing why is he doing it who is he doing with uh even if you're a, a professional uh what have you done 
to enhance your uh, enhance the digital experience of your clients. If you're an accountant, have you thought about using Blackline to uh, uh, to do uh, quarterly closes? Uh, I don't know what the lawyers uh, uh, do and not, not don't care, but I um, I think they're that it's very much better for people to say, I get what digital transformation is because I know some examples of it. How did you buy your uh, insurance for your home or your apartment or your car? And if you could buy it online, would you buy it online? Take a look at that. See how, see what your company is doing uh, the company that uh, uh, writes your insurance is doing to facilitate that. If you're a young man like you are, I assume you've already uh, moved to online process for, for getting insurance. Uh, or And if you haven't, you're probably disgusted with the, uh, the, the time it takes uh, uh, using uh, the old technology. That's what I do. Yeah. That's, that's what I would do. Perfect. Hey, well, thanks so much for your time, Bert. I'm sure the listeners will get a lot of value out of this. So really appreciate your time. And thank you for having me on. And for those who want to know, my service is called Kicker Target. It's on the web. We invite your subscriptions and, uh, um, Thanks for giving me a bit of a platform, Ryan. Yeah, great. Thanks so much, Bert. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Investing City podcast. It really means the world to us. And before you go, we have a proposition. So please leave a review on iTunes so much. And if you do so, just email us. I left a review and we'll give you a gift. That's right, we'll give you a gift if you leave a review. Thank you so much, we really appreciate you.